I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Everybody know who Victor Marchetti was? Anybody know who Victor Marchetti was? Well, you'll know now, late last night in a filing to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, the Department of Justice hit Donald Trump in the groin with a legal precedent that says, basically, if it says classified on the label, the document is still classified unless you can prove it isn't. This is such a shot to Trump because earlier in the day, his lawyers had filed a 40-page brief saying it is up to the government to prove that the documents Trump stole are still classified. This was the Victor Marchetti case. He was a CIA executive who quit to write a tell-all book using classified documents, and the government went to court to censor the book before it was even published. The courts in 1975 ordered that 168 passages be removed because Marchetti had illegally used 
classified documents. Quoting the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals, the presumption in the absence of affirmative proof to the contrary requires the conclusion that all information within it required by the executive order to be classified was classified when the legend was affixed to the document. A case about classified documents and who has to prove they are classified decided by another appeals court. It's perfect. Trump's attorneys also told the appeals court that maybe some of the classified documents maybe have handwritten notes, maybe by Trump on them, and that makes them subject to executive privilege forever after to be known as the scribbled graffiti defense. The Justice Department now has two different cases running simultaneously against Donald Trump. It's already deep into the appeal against Eileen Cannon's ruling that there should be a special master at all, while it is still trying to get that special master to rule for the government against Trump. The special master had his first hearing yesterday, and Raymond Deary said one thing that made all the headlines, quote, my view of it is you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Deary saying to Trump's lawyers about their asinine claim that the government has to give him back all the documents he stole because they're not classified because he declassified some of them. But they can't tell Deary which ones were declassified nor when. And he says, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Why does that sound so familiar? In other words, Deary recognized something that Trump appointee Cannon did not or would not, that Trump's entire defense is based on this premise. Keep your cake and eat it, too. That's me. Yesterday, the music added as a distinguisher. It's that stupid, illegal argument from the Trump team. It's that obvious, a judicial non-starter that even a layman who took exactly one law course in his life 45 years ago not only got it, but got it and used the exact same metaphor the judge would use just hours later. Plus, this was only one of three devastating things Deary said to Trump's lawyers in what was literally their first hour in the same room with him as the special master they themselves had nominated. When they repeated that they could not reveal what Trump declassified nor when because that's their defense litigation strategy, Deary replied, quote, I can't allow litigation strategy to dictate the outcome of my recommendations to Judge Cannon. And the final knife in the Trumpian hearts, Deary summed it up thusly, if the government says certain stolen documents are classified and Trump's team says they aren't, but they won't offer any proof that they aren't, quote, what am I looking at? As far as I'm concerned, that's the end of it. What business is it of the court? Just to pour salt on that wound, Deary then ordered an outside contractor should scan all 11,000 documents and send the bill to Trump and then take the invoice for his own salary as special master and send that bill to Trump, too. I don't want to go way out on a limb here, but I'm beginning to suspect Trump's lawyers are not exactly Clarence Darrow and Patty Glazer. And as soon as I suspected that, boom, his lawyer Alina Haba goes on one of the endless conservative networks last night and screws up the months of the year. The Department of Justice filed this crazy raid, pretending it's all these criminal actions because it's around the corner to November. And this is what we like to call an October surprise, which yeah. we've seen before. A good old October surprise carried out on August the 8th. Well, 
Why do you think they call it a surprise? Trump, too, screwed up in front of an open mic as he complained again about the search of his living quarters and what a mess he claims the FBI made. You'd have thought somebody would have cleaned it up by now. It was August 8th. And how it's all captured on surveillance video, which, of course, he can't release and let the rest of us see because... uh, something. But after Trump's coup attempt and his stochastic terrorist calls last weekend for insurrection and bloodshed, and with the upcoming resumption of the House January 6th committee hearings, what would be the worst comparison for him to use in characterizing the condition of a bedroom? It's not a pretty picture, either. It looks like uh, a military coup. It's not a pretty picture. A military coup! A military coup! Can't imagine what brought a military coup to baby Hitler's mind, can you? Trump's other active legal nightmare seemed ready for new developments, too. Days after she rejected a settlement offer from the Trump Organization for its latest business crookedness, New York Attorney General Tish James scheduled a, quote, major announcement for 10.30 Eastern Time Wednesday morning. As to the other would-be fascist president, as rumors raged of additional upcoming flights filled with kidnapped asylum seekers, three of the human trafficking victims of Ron DeSantis have filed a class action suit against him and other members of the Florida mob. They want compensatory damages, emotional distress damages, and punitive damages for all the victims, and they want DeSantis and the others to be enjoined from inducing any more of these refugees or asylum seekers to participate in another premeditated, fraudulent, and illegal scheme for the sole purpose of advancing their own personal, financial, and political interests. That's the civil end of that case. We now have gotten an expert assessment of what criminal risk DeSantis could be at. The Cornell law professor, Michael Dorff, writes that under Texas law, no, this was not kidnapping because Texas law requires use of force or threat of force for it to be kidnapping. But... Dorf says DeSantis and his henchmen may have broken another Texas law called unlawful restraint. Dorf writes, DeSantis has pretty clearly committed that crime because it requires only deception, like telling them you are flying them to Boston for jobs and eight months financial support when in fact you are flying them to Martha's Vineyard to own the libs. And yet again, a principal in one of these cases said something really stupid with a mic in front of his face. This is DeSantis on the rationale for trying to lure and capture a large group of migrants in Texas when you are the governor of Florida. He explains that the main destination for that group of people in Texas is Florida, but they don't usually travel in groups as large as 48, so you have to deceive them. We're not seeing mass movements of them into Florida. So you end up with a car with maybe two. And if we know that that's illegal and there's someone that's kind of smuggling then then committing crime, then you can do arrest. There have been drug seizures, but that's not effective enough to stop the mass migration. But it's just coming in onesie twosies. Onesie twosies. An adult. An adult who is the governor of Florida and thinks he could be president of the United States. Onesie twosies. You know what's actually coming in onesie twosies, Rhonda? The years of your upcoming prison terms. Lastly, let me circle back to Trump because one of the great drive-bys in the history of Twitter cannot go unrecognized here. At 3.29 p.m. Tuesday, Maggie Haberman of the New York Times tweeted, quote, 
As Trump has been out of office over the last 20 months, a rotating cast of aides has been tasked with following him around the golf course at the club he's at and giving him positive reinforcement from Twitter and wherever else they find it on the web per people told of the practice. 329. To which, at 335, the comedian Greg Proops, of whose line is it anyway fame, answered to Haberman, quote, How do you like the job so far? Services for Ms. Haberman's reputation will be Thursday from 5 to 8. Still ahead on Countdown Sports, Aaron Judge hits his 60th homer, as many as Babe Ruth. Of course, by contrast to the ballparks in Babe Ruth's day, the ones judging uh, judges playing in are tiny with short dimensions and no foul territory. But 60 is 60. Senator Ron Johnson on white supremacy. I condone it. No, 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 not condone. What is the word? Condone, condiment, confetti, conflagration, worsts. Who's that entering Westminster Abbey? Is it one of the Queen's distant cousins? Is it Lucy Lawless? Is it a woman billiards player? Is it a man in a dress? Australian television gets it really, really wrong. And in things I promised not to tell, there was MS, Microsoft, and NBC, NBC, and they made MSNBC and hired me. And the day I was to meet the chief MS guy, the chief NBC guy said, the MS guys were only supposed to give us money and computer terminals. That's it. Don't tell me we have to synergize cable television and the Internet, whatever the hell the Internet is. 25 years later, and I can still remember it word for word. That's next. This is Countdown. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park 
That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. And Richard, still ahead on Countdown, Ron Johnson endorses white supremacy, then tries to walk it back. And Australian news anchors think that woman arriving at the Queen's funeral was some sort of distant relative. Boy, were they in for a surprise. Worst person's coming up. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need whom you can help. Every dog has its day. To the Mexican border and hooch and a microcosm of the nightmare of places where strays roam under a punishing sun until they get rescued or hit by a car. Hooch's accident came. It broke both his back legs. He crawled away to the bushes to die. Then his rescue came. He was found in time. But besides the broken legs, he has internal problems and worms. Hooch is a sweet, medium-sized, light brown stray with haunting eyes. Somehow he survived. Rescue Dogs Rock is fundraising on giving grid for his surgery and treatment and placement with a forever family. To donate, search Hooch on Giving Grid or just go to my Twitter feed for Dogs in Trouble, Tom Jumbo Grumbo, and see the tweet that I did for Hooch. And thank you very much. Coming up on Countdown, don't tell me that I have to synergize cable television and the internet, whatever the internet is. The president of NBC News said that to me 25 years ago this week. I'm still trying to get over it. Don't tell me whatever the internet is. First, postscripts to the news, some headlines, some commentary, some snark. Dateline Madison, Wisconsin, Dr. Freud has entered the Wisconsin Senate chat. Incumbent Ron Johnson, R. Russia, was discussing his experiences on the Senate Homeland Security Committee when he had an unfortunate truth burp. We'd have an annual threat hearing, and my ranking member would always be bringing up white supremacy, which, you know, I condone. I mean, I, I condemn, uh, but... Well, no, condone, honestly. Dateline Washington, Brett Baer of Fox News, who will tell you on the air or in print or especially in person that he is a straight-down-the-middle journalist and not a propagandist whore. Look at his jaw. Well, he's a propagandist whore. The new Trump book, The Divider, reports that after Fox called Arizona for Joe Biden on election night 2020, Baer tried to get the call rescinded. He emailed the president and executive editor at Fox and wrote, quote, the Trump campaign was really pissed. This situation is getting uncomfortable. I keep having to defend this on air. It's hurting us. The sooner we pull it, even if it gives us major egg and we put it back in Trump's column, the better we are, in my opinion. This is the paragon of journalism that CNN's new crazy old man owner, John Malone, and his henchman, chief chairman and chair, president, whatever, Chris Licht, when we were at MSNBC together, I used to think eight paste. 
views as the paragon that anchors should emulate on the new CNN. Bayer has issued a statement to Business Insider, quote, the full context of the email is not reported in this book. Well, I'll provide the context, Brett. You're a propagandist whore. Also, Dateline Fox News, Tucker Carlson has again called on his viewers to assault or kill people, targeting any teacher or other individual who tells children about the LGBTQ community. Quote, no parent should put up with this for one second, no matter what the law says. Your moral duty is to defend your children. This is an attack on your children and you should fight back. Well, besides the obvious homophobia and incitement to violence, the Jiminy Glick of the pretend news game forgets here that if you say what he said, somebody else could say, quote, no American should put up with this for one second, no matter what the law says. Your moral duty is to defend your country. Tucker Carlson is an attack on your country and you should fight back. End quote. This is Sports Center. Wait, check that. Not anymore. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann. In sports, Maury Wills has died. He was the captain of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the man who almost single-handedly reintroduced the stolen base. He broke the all-time record for steals. He won the Most Valuable Player Award in 1962 in a season in which he only got 29 extra base hits, and he drove the Dodgers to world championships in 1959, 1963, and 1965 when they could not hit a lick. Maury Wills died about two weeks shy of his 90th birthday after a lifetime of being underappreciated. He played 1,100 minor league games before finally getting his first big league chance at the age of 26. Twice, other teams, the Reds in 1957, the Tigers in 1959, drafted him from the Dodgers minor league farm system only to try him out and then send him back to the Dodgers. The baseball card company, Topps, went to photograph all the prospects in spring training one year. And as Wills prepared to pose, they said, we don't need a photo of you. You're not going to make it. Fifteen times the voting writers overlooked him for the Hall of Fame, and veterans committees did the same at least as many times. Traded by the Dodgers because owner Walter O'Malley was angry and wanted to teach him a lesson, he returned to L.A. three years later and in 1971, at the age of 38, starred at shortstop, led them into the postseason for the first time since they had traded him, and he finished sixth in the voting for most valuable player as a 38-year-old shortstop. Maury Wills was also an analyst on the baseball game of the week, and he managed the Seattle Mariners, and he recovered from cocaine addiction and went on to nurture Dodger prospects for 25 years. He's a Hall of Famer. Only baseball could have been stupid enough and cruel enough to let him die without acknowledging that. And a note from hockey, three veteran defensemen retired on the same day after a combined 53 seasons in the National Hockey League. Zdeno Chara, Keith Yandel, and P.K. Subban. Wait, P.K. Subban retired? How will they be able to tell... Still ahead, a quarter century has passed since the night the president of MSNBC told me to ignore his partners from Microsoft. They were the MS in MSNBC, and he said, the internet, whatever the hell the internet is, 
Things I promised not to tell coming up. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. It's an audio daily double here. The bronze goes to GOP chairwoman Ronna Romney-McDaniel. The current made-up out-of-whole-cloth Republican scare tactic, the idea that the drug fentanyl can kill you if you just touch it which is wildly untrue, and if you think about it, would also really hinder its usefulness as a recreational drug, which is what it supposedly is here for. But the Republicans are sticking to this nonsense, and Ronna McDaniel has now taken it to extremes. I mean, just last month, 2,000 pounds of fentanyl came across our border. That, that could kill 500 million people. We're coming into Halloween. Every mom in the country right now is worried, what if this gets into my kid's Halloween basket? Every mom in the country is worried that 2,000 pounds of fentanyl is going to get into their kid's Halloween basket? A, if touching fentanyl kills you, how does the guy get it into your kid's Halloween basket? B, what kind of neighborhood do you live in, Rana? And C, what kind of basket are you sending your kids out with on Halloween that it can carry 2,000 pounds of anything? Our runners-up, more audio. The people behind this great moment in broadcasting left over from Queen Elizabeth's funeral, Peter Overton and Tracy Grimshaw, anchoring the coverage for Australia's Channel 9 as mourners arrived at Westminster Abbey. A woman in a black hat that looked like a 19th century maid's cap walking awkwardly from a car, a man alongside her. And the anchors just guess that she's the Duchess of Backwater or something. Who's this? No, hard to identify. Maybe uh, minor royals, members of the... I can't identify them we at this point. We can't spot everyone, no. unfortunately. They look like they could well be local dignitaries. It's hard to see. We're looking at the backs of their heads mostly. And I think we are now getting to the pointy end, as they say, of the... Was I'm just told that was Liz Trust, the new Prime Minister, in the distance that we could see hopping Going out of that car. Well, thank you very much. That's not the pointy end. That's the Prime Minister. Once again, the Monty Python sketch comes to mind. Hot enough to boil a monkey's bum. That's a strange expression, Bruce. I heard the Prime Minister say it. It's hot enough to boil a monkey's bum in here, Your Majesty. And she smiled quietly to herself. Apparently not knowing Liz Truss for some scullery maid was the least of Channel 9 Australia's problems at the funeral. Morning host Carl Stefanovich started coverage of the funeral by saying, quote, Welcome to what is probably the greatest show on Earth. And she smiled quietly to herself. But our winners, the 1776 Restoration Movement, a bunch of seditionists and January 6th apologists who claim that they are U.S. military veterans, they announced their latest strategy, contact the Veterans Administration and complain about January 6th insurrectionists who were in service, who are still in jail. They filmed themselves giving out what they called the VA crisis line number and told everybody to call and complain about January 6th. Except the 1776 Restoration Movement members are too stupid to understand what crisis means in the phrase crisis line. Their sheep did all call and they jammed the line with whiny complaints. And the phone line was the Veterans Administration suicide hotline. Good work, idiots. 1776 Restoration Movement scum. Today's worst persons in the world. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. To the top of the countdown and our number one story and my favorite topic, me and things I promised not to tell. And Saturday is 25 years since the moment I realized that there was something crazy built into the structure of NBC News and, in fact, built into the structure of television news. On the night of Wednesday, September 24th, 1997, I was told to show up at 6.30 p.m. at the apartment of Phil Griffin on Central Park West in Manhattan dinner with Phil and his wife, Corey, and Andy Lack and his wife, Betsy, and Jeff Zucker and Meryl Brown was at 7 p.m., but I was supposed to be there at 6.30. One week and 90 minutes later, we were all launching my new newscast on MSNBC, and it didn't get much newer than this. I had done some newscasts in college as recently as 18 years prior, Twice in local news, I had been pressed into service as a news field reporter, and once in L.A., when our married newscaster anchor couple, Jim Lampley and Bree Walker, were late coming back from dinner, I had to do the live tease for Channel 2 Action News at 11, right in the middle of the airing of the show Falcon Crest on CBS, and I started it by saying, hi, Jim and Bree can't come to the TV right now, here's what they'll have for you at 11. But I had not done more than 15 minutes of news in a row in my life. One week later, I would become the linchpin in the lineup on MSNBC, which itself had only been doing news for a year and nine weeks. 
So when Andy Lack, the president of NBC News, and Zucker, then the executive producer of the Today Show and unofficial chief executive of MSNBC, and Griffin, executive producer of my new newscast called The Big Show, said, show up at 6.30, Elberman. I just assumed we were going to have some final discussion of what we should be doing during the series, or at least during the first show, or at least during the first segment, because we were a week out and I really didn't have any clue as to what they expected the show to look like or what they expected me to say. I kept mentioning that I was fascinated by something called the Mandelbrot set, which is, in real layman's essence, a mathematical formula which, if you keep running it long enough in a computer, eventually turns into the shapes of all the leaves and the tails of sea lions and everything else from nature. When I mentioned the Mandelbrot set to one of the show producers, he nodded enthusiastically and smilingly and then said, in evident seriousness, great, we can do that after we do the first half an hour on the murder of Jean Benet Ramsey. I had just moved into my new apartment 10 blocks south of Griffin's. I had left ESPN, a perfectly successful time for me in a nice enough but very remote place called Bristol, Connecticut, which didn't really have sidewalks. And so I walked uptown with a mixture of pride, excitement, and apprehension, and on sidewalks. By the time I was within five blocks, I was hoping I'd be able to talk them into one show a week where we talked about stuff like the Mandelbrot set. I arrived right on time, got great handshakes from Griffin and Lack and Zucker and a kiss from Griffin's wife, who I knew, and then the two ladies excused themselves to go out onto the balcony somewhere, and I noticed it was just those three guys and me. The seventh person at this dinner, this Merrill Brown, who I did not know, was not there. I soon found out why. When the women were out of the room, news president Lack barked first. So you're here early so we can talk about this Merrill Brown guy. Zucker looked away from me. He muttered, freaking Merrill Brown. Griffin said, we need to tell you about Merrill Brown, buddy. Lack began to pace up and down Griffin's living room. He had unruly thinning hair and he kept running his hands through it like he was checking to see if it was still there. This goddamn Merrill Brown. Lack suddenly stopped and began to look angrily at me. Merrill Brown, you're here so we can make sure you never listen to Merrill Brown. Three thoughts rocketed through my mind. One, this felt like a scene from a bad movie, like something they cut out of The Fugitive, or maybe Wall Street. Two, these guys, in ascending order, Griffin, Zucker, Lack, seemed to be crazy. And three, if only we were rolling tape on this, it would make a great segment for the first show. And then we'd talk about the Mandelbrot set. Zucker apologized. Look, we already had part of this meeting at 30 Rock, so we're pretty worked up about this. There's nothing for you to worry about here. You, you didn't do anything wrong. You probably don't have any idea who Merrill Brown is. I joked to my three bosses that I was beginning to think Merrill Brown was just a renamed version of Goldstein from George Orwell's 1984. To my horror, nobody laughed and nobody corrected me. Lack resumed, a little calmer this time. Merrill Brown used to write for the Washington Post. And, and somehow he, he helped start Court TV, and now he's, he's the TV guy at Microsoft. And Microsoft thinks they own MSNBC, and Merrill Brown, freaking Merrill Brown, thinks he runs MSNBC. He doesn't run MSNBC. God damn it, I run MSNBC. There was a brief, dangerous silence. Then Lack emended his remark. Well, I run it with Jeff and Phil. 
Phil Griffin spoke up now. I had known him 16 years. He had been my producer on literally my first day in television, and now coincidence would make him my producer on literally my first day in television news. We're just a little worn out by Merrill, buddy. He sends all of us emails and messages every day. Lack now interrupted Griffin. All day! He sends them all day, like he invented computers. He can't do anything out there in Redmond freaking Washington except watch MSNBC and tell us how we have to change it, like I wasn't the man who saved NBC News and he wasn't working in Redmond freaking Washington. This was the first I had learned of the contempt in which the NBC people held the Microsoft people. I would hear of it again every hour or so for the next year. It was symbolized by their blind hatred of the otherwise pleasant town that was home to the Microsoft operation, Redmond, Washington. The two companies had, quote, partnered, unquote, to create MSNBC, this first synergy between a major television company and the earliest giant of computers and the Internet. That's why it was called MSNBC, MS for Microsoft, NBC for NBC. They were a team. No, they weren't. Lack was still fired up. Christ almighty, we only brought these Microsoft idiots in on this deal for their money. They don't have editorial input. They're here to put in the money and they're wiring. That's it. Zucker took over. Here's why we wanted to talk to you in advance of Merrill Brown getting here. He's asked to sit next to you during dinner. He wants to share his, his vision for the big show. What we want you to do is listen carefully to him. Nod, laugh, agree, say that's very interesting. But don't say what you might think would be good to say, like, Andy, what do you think of this? Andy interrupted again. Because I'll goddamn tell you what I think of it. It's crap. Crap from Redmond, Washington. Crap from guys who are only supposed to give us money and computer terminals. That's it. Don't tell me what we have to synergize cable television and the Internet with, whatever the hell the Internet is. This network is so we can train talent and amortize expenses and give Brian Williams someplace to anchor until Brokaw leaves. And another thing... Phil Griffin's Central Park West apartment building intercom buzzer suddenly went off. His wife raced out of wherever she and Mrs. Lack had been hiding, and where I hoped they were secretly recording all this, and she answered the call from the building's lobby desk with a series of uh uh-huhs. She looked at her husband and said with some fear, Merrill Brown is on the way up. God damn it! shouted Lack. He pointed again at me. Okay, not a word of what you've been told. Just humor him. Humor him, humor him, humor him. And don't ask me or Zucker or Phil what we think, because there could be bloodshed here. Dinner, catered, was spectacular. Merrill Brown was charming, well-informed. He had ideas about, well, that's the word, synergy between TV and the Internet, about eventually getting viewers to watch TV via their computers, especially when the computers would one day be handheld seriously and maybe even interacting with the shows as they were being televised or watching them whenever the viewer wanted some sort of delay system it was interesting and forward-looking and to make sure i could not see the anger barely being suppressed by lack and to lesser degrees by griffin and zucker i took my glasses off mid-meal Finally, Merrill Brown said he had to go. He knew the rest of us needed to talk over some details about the launch of my show. He wished me luck. Silently, I wished him luck. Lack and Griffin showed him to the door and actually waited there until Merrill Brown made it down the hallway and into the elevator. Before he even closed the apartment door, Lack shouted, And that's another thing! We have all the goddamn synergy between TV and the Internet already! Tell him, Phil! Tell him! 
Phil Griffin looked at me sheepishly. Zucker took over for him. We figured out how to mesh between cable TV and the internet. Phil figured it out. The, the name of the show that will be your lead-in. This is the kind of synergy we want. Tell him, Phil. Tell him the name of the show and how it combines the internet and nighttime TV. Phil looked slightly past me. It's, uh, it's, it's called, it's called Internight. He paused. It's, it's called Internight. See? It's, it's, it's internet plus, you know, night. Internight. Got it, buddy? At that exact moment, I knew that on MSNBC, we would never, not once, not even in passing, make the slightest reference to the Mandelbrot set. I've done all the damage I can do here. Help me out. Give this thing a good review or rating or compare it to the Mandelbrot set or something. The Countdown theme from Beethoven's Ninth was arranged, produced, and performed by Countdown musical directors Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Produced by TKO Brothers. Other Beethoven selections have been arranged and performed by No Horns Allowed. Our sports music, the Olbermann theme from ESPN2, was written by Mitch Warren Davis, appears courtesy of ESPN Inc. Musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. And our announcer today was my friend Richard Lewis. That's Countdown for this, the 624th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while you still can. A new episode tomorrow. I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Dealing with pests can be a pain. 
But relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.